Hello and welcome to the Creative Scramble. My name is Matty Singh and today I'm joined by our second ever female guest and you're based in LA, Tiff Tyler. Hi Tiff. Hi, so happy to be here. So I'll let Tiff actually explain, but Tiff is an LA, uh, an Los Angeles or LA based video and podcast producer, best known for her work in collaboration with Lewis Howes on the School of Greatness podcast, which I believe has 70 million plus downloads now, does it Tiff? Yeah, it's only growing. I think we're hitting 80 really quickly, so yeah, 70, over 70. Jeez, so I mean, for people who don't know Lewis, he's very influential on social media with this podcast, he's been on the, he's been on the Ellen Show. You've interviewed best-selling authors, sports stars, like athletes, entrepreneurs, and other celebrities. And the goal of that podcast is like those guys, like Lewis, gets them to share their stories and advice. So similar with ourselves, I want to kind of reverse the role here because you're normally filming and producing that. I want to get the person behind the camera, behind the scenes, and get you to talk about that yourself. Um. So, I mean, first and foremost, like, what are your day-to-day roles, really? What's a day-to-day, what's a day look like in the life of Tiff Tyler? I always tell people I have three days. So, like, uh, there's days, like, right now where Lewis, he actually just finished um, climbing the, the, the equivalent of Mount Everest. He just did, like, some hill 22 times. So, he's out of town. Uh, so, days like today, I'm editing, I'm answering emails, I'm following up with people. Like, today's one of those days where it's, like, a lot of self-discipline because I could just kind of, you know, chill for six hours, but I got to work You could watch hours. YouTube all day, couldn't you? <laughs> Basically, I could just be on tutorials all day and just having fun, but it's one of those days where no one's watching for me, but I got a lot of stuff to do, especially we just finished the Summit of Greatness, which is Lewis's really only in-person um, event, and uh, that's in Ohio every year, Columbus, where he grew up. And so uh, there's a lot of editing to do for that. So that's my first type of day. And I think that day happens actually more often than the other two days. The second type of day is Lewis is here. I'm in studio. We're recording a podcast. The way he describes it, at least the way I describe it, is that we grab the top 1% of people in their given field. So that can be athletes, actors, movie stars. It could be uh, New York Times bestsellers. It can be kind of from any field. He always goes for the top 1%. And we very very strict on who we let on. (laughs) Like not, you know, it's a very, very, uh, it's a, it's a process. Um, but that kind of day I'm coming in, I'm sort of setting up, I'm, uh, getting the area, the, the studio ready. And then just, it's an hour and a half usually with the guests that we spend, whether we're recording or not. So being sure that I'm professional, creating a safe environment. Cause he does ask a lot of vulnerable questions cause he wants them to really open up. Um, and then, yeah, when it's all over, we offer them more coffee or water. And then it's kind of right to the edit after that. Um, third type of day is traveling, which is my favorite type of day, which is the least type of day, unfortunately, that I get to do. But like I said, some of the greatness, I was there for a week in Columbus, Ohio. And that's just, I mean, traveling with equipment is really hard, but being able to shoot, be on location, be in different places, that's can look in any type of way for a setup, but I'm usually editing and emails just the same. Uh, the only other thing I do that I think most people don't know is I run his YouTube channel as well. So that has really been one of my primary focuses. But yeah, I don't have one type of day. It's always a rotation of those three types of days. That sounds really cool. I know the struggles of travel with 
lots of gear it's always fun isn't it logistically it is this time though we rented gear which was awesome we rented some lights and tripods so it's just like a couple less pounds on my back which is awesome (laughs) what do you use gear wise in terms of like for people wanting to set up a podcast on audio video wise what do you guys use right so for us we just kind of recently this year probably january switched over to fully sony um so sony a7s mark ii um, I use lavaliers like Sennheiser lavalier mics and transmitters and receivers. Um, cause if anyone checks out the video on YouTube, you'll see, we got rid of the headsets that we used to have, um, a year or two ago. And now it's just straight lavalier mics, um, which is great for video, but the audio people always kind of like, we wish we had the headsets. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the basic setup. We have lights kind of, you know, me, I started off with like really cheap light panels when I first started working with him and now we've invested a bit more, but. I always tell people like light and audio are so much more important than video. Um, I wouldn't buy $2,500 cameras to start out. I'd buy like those point and shoots or even use your iPhone and get um, Filmic Pro, right? I think that's what look it's at, called. Look at early, I look at like early Joe Rogan stuff who's like one of the big podcasters out there and it's like really grainy, but it's one of the most downloaded, listened to podcasts all over the world. So it's about the quality of what you're getting for people to content. listen to, isn't it? It really yeah. is the content. And I mean, I think also like joe's still using microphones like i think what we don't Hmm. understand is like um subconsciously if the video looks crap but the audio is great we think it's a good video at least in our heads we interpret it that way but if the audio is really bad and it's hard to hear and the video is superb we think of it as a bad video because we can't hear what's going on so audio and light to me is always way more important than the camera quality i would agree now going into recording something like a podcast how did you know what you were doing or have you kind of figured it out along the way Figured it out so much. Best way. Like one of those fake it till you make it. And Lewis knew (laughs) when he hired me. Like he, I didn't have one podcast under my belt. Like, or not even a podcast, but I I interviewed people. I had two camera setups and really I wasn't there to record the audio. Like really I was there to record the video when I first started. And now the package is like, I do all of it. But um, he saw my quality. I was working with the WNBA before I worked with him. So it wasn't like I was a total like newbie coming in. But I definitely, if you watch, oh man, it's so hard for me to watch like my first podcast interview because the color was a little off and everything. But um, he definitely left room for me to grow, which was awesome. That's great. I mean, I look back at my early stuff back in college or university and it's it's funny. It's funny because you realize like if I saw the work I produce now, I'd be like, wow, am I going to go on to make stuff like that? If you sort of, someone sent the video back in time to my younger self, I'd be like, yeah, no, Whoa, man. So we always try and think that now, maybe in 10 years time, if my old version sends something back, I'm like, whoa, I get to work on that. So yeah, no, 16 year old Tiff is quite a fan of 27 year old Tiff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you're 27, are you now? I am. I just turned 27. And it's a weird number because like, I was I'm so 27. comfortable saying 25 and 26. And something about 27, people are like, very shocked when I say that number. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about this Because it feels like it's closer to 30 now, doesn't it? That's yeah, why like you're pretty much done with your 20s. It's over. You're 30. Get over yeah, it. <laughs> we're getting old. So, I mean, you worked for the WNBA. How did, because I believe, were you based out in New York, was it? Originally? I was actually in Florida. Florida. So I, I went to college so it's in Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood, Florida to Hollywood, LA. Yeah. What was that like? That... I saw your YouTube video. And, yeah. <laughs> the Hollywood to I, Hollywood. I, I found that. it. I found it. I'm so glad you found it. So many people do. And I'm just like, oh my God, you really went through, you really dug deep to find that. Um, 
Yeah, so Hollywood, Florida was where I had my first job and it was literally for a wristwatch company. I would make like hundreds of videos a week with white table, white background, just product videos for wristwatches. Um, and then, you know, after a while I started getting really bored because after four months I was, I kind of like, I did everything. I was directing the show live. We would do like almost this QVC kind of thing where like we would be selling the watches on Saturdays and Sundays on one channel on cable. And so we had like these remote cameras where I would direct the show and everything with two live people. And after a while, I was just like really bored. So four months in, um, I started watching videos and I found Chase Jarvis, who I don't know if you know yes. Chase Jarvis, but he is just one of the I most do. phenomenal people ever. He's great to follow. He's great to follow. I'm actually going freelance at the in a two weeks time, um, leaving my job. But this is about you. This is my my story is another story. No, I'm excited. I'm starting a new chapter, and people like Chase are great to follow because of the advice they give for going stepping out on your own. So yeah, he did Chase Jarvis live on YouTube, and it immediately caught my eye because it was black and white, and I'm like, nobody's shooting in black and white. Um, and he would do these interviews, and that's the first time I met Chris Gillibo, Jasmine Starr, like all these people that I never knew of this world of a freelance video photographer entrepreneur i always thought you go get the production job if, if i was ever going to move to hollywood in that time i was thinking i'm going to work for a studio like i never thought of working on my own until i watched his stuff and um yeah then i started reading the alchemist which is the number one book for every creator like please read the alchemist like it is <laughs> everything and um then i started putting in my head i mean i already had the idea i wanted to move but then it started to become more realistic like Oh, like I can, I really felt empowered and inspired to do it after watching hours and hours of his stuff at work when I wasn't supposed to. Um, and of Chase's, as Chase, Chase's Chase Jarvis, stuff. yeah, because yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard of Lewis House. So this is going to uh -huh. be the part where people are like, what do you mean? Um, yeah. So I, uh, my cousin at the same time, I was thinking of moving to Los Angeles, got a job out here with the Los Angeles Sparks, the WNBA team. And um, her and I decided to move out here together. And so we moved out here. It's going to be it's crazy. October 26, 2014 was the day that I moved out, out here. So it's going to be four years this month that I've been in Los Angeles. Um, wow. And I had no job for four months, like nothing. There was I had I saved up for three months um, of food and rent and everything. And for four months, I worked for free for a lot of people, including the WNBA. And then I got a contract with them four months in. And that was my first like legit contract. But everything else was like 50 bucks for the day. Can you come and shoot and edit this stuff? And it was just like a, a hot mess the first four months mm. out here. <laughs> That's really good because it just goes to show because there is that debate of working for free, you know, where in an in industry where we kind of we, we've got specialized skills. But it goes to show that it can pay off because you've got to build those relationships in the long term. Definitely. And so, I mean, you're in L.A. How... What did you have any sort of struggles on making it work else apart from that? Like, did you just go out to lots of networking gigs? I did a lot of networking, but because I started reading a lot, I was very intentional. And this is something I really want to emphasize for people. If you're moving to New York, L.A., or if you're just trying to make a, um, a better situation for yourself wherever you live, do not go to any networking events and try to get 10 business cards. Get, get to know two people. Like, have a long conversation with two people in that room so that at the end of that two hours or whatever, or hour-long event, you've got two relationships where you know if you call them, they're going to remember you. 
And I've never printed a business card to this day. I thought about it. I've designed them for some reason. It just like the printer like broke or something. It always it just weirdly worked out that I never had a business card. So, um, but you know, inst- and I mean, Instagram phone numbers, I would always plug people in directly. Um, but I, I, I set that intention. I don't know which book I read. I read a lot of self-improvement business books by this time, but, um, I just set the intention of these two people were going to remember me. And that's how I got the job with Lewis house. It was a networking event where, um, one of the women that I met, uh, she basically was, her name is Yolanda and I love her cause she, I would not have had this job if I didn't meet her. We talked for at like a month before Lewis posted that he was looking for a videographer. Remember, I wasn't following Lewis. I had no idea who he was. So I never would have saw that post. She um, sent me an email and said, hey, like there's this job post. I think you would be really good for it. Um, I happened to meet him one time. I'm happy to email and introduce you to. And um, she's the one who pointed out the fact that he was posting. So had I not been at an event, had I not spent half an hour to 45 minutes talking with this woman, she wouldn't have thought of me four weeks later. You know what I mean? To be like, hey, there's a job here that you might actually enjoy or something that 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 would happen for you. So um, that's my advice. And that's what I did. I went to a lot of women panels, a lot of business things, but I always had my camera on me. I never just kind of went there like all dressed up or whatever. I always had a camera because I knew that all these women weren't videographers. I didn't go to videographer, videography or video or film networking events. I went to business because I wanted business people to hire me. So that was another strategy too. Like, don't just go to your peers. Like, your peers are looking for work too. You got to go <laughs> to the people who are going to hire Clever. you. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the places that I went. So that's kind of the beginning of it. I mean, the struggle, just the money. I mean... I really saving up for three months is something I always tell people because, uh, like I said, there was a good month where I couldn't pay rent. Thank God my cousin was like, sure, it's okay. But I mean, I was paying rent as soon as I got there. I was paying for helping pay for groceries. Like I was supporting the household from day one. So it wasn't like I could just come in and, and, you know, eat all her food or like, you know, like kind of like be on her couch for four months or whatever. It's like I needed to actually contribute. So definitely save up and network outside of your industry that's perfect advice that i really like that i mean since you come across those since you started working how would you say this partnership has developed and changed over time with lewis yeah uh-huh. so i started out being an editor um and i came in 2016 i started january 2016 with him and i was the only video shooter and editor Full time. I did his courses. I did the podcast. I did events like I was working 60 plus hour weeks. Um, And the first year was a huge learning curve, but it was a big miscommunication. I wasn't telling people that I was exhausted. I burnt out. 2016 was the burnout year for me. I was everywhere and anywhere, but I wasn't telling him. I wasn't telling anyone else I worked for that I was struggling because I kept thinking there was something wrong with me. I got to be able to figure this out. It's nothing wrong with the job. You're supposed to work 70 plus hours a week. You're supposed to not sleep. You know, like that's what the hustle, you know, quote unquote is like you're supposed to hustle. And I burnt out and we had to make an adjustment. And thankfully, Lewis is a very patient person in a way uh, to the sense that he started hiring other editors and letting me have other people support um, and getting support. So then like now fast forward to almost three years with him. Um, I primarily manage the post-production team, the group of editors that we have. I manage the podcast editing team. I manage the social media team, but I don't 
edit, at least I'm transitioning away from editing now. And more so like I've been with him for three years. I know his eye. I know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I can support and guide other people to do that. But it no longer needs to be all me and all on my shoulders. So um, that's how it's transitioned and how it's moved up. And now I when I first started working with him, I was only working for him in 2016. And once we made this change and I got more support, we also changed my contract and wish I can work with other people as well. But he will always, I mean, whether it's spoken or not spoken, he'll always be my primary client. Um, but yeah, so that's, it's changed in so many different ways. It's like a whole new job, I feel like. It's great. It's allowed you, to, I suppose, to develop as a person in your own career because you've gone from more in the trenches to take a more managerial leadership position where you can help others and manage others. So that's, I suppose that's really good for your own personal development as well. That's... It's great. It wasn't planned. Like, it was never part of the plan. It was more so, like, I think with him and with other influencers, I would tell people, like, they don't know either. Like, Lewis didn't... I was his first full-time person coming in. He had had other people that he contracted every once in a while, but he didn't know what he wanted. I didn't know what I wanted out of the job, and so we had to grow with that together. So I would say that to anyone else who's working for these influencers or small businesses, like, kind of come in there with a grain of salt. Your job description may not look the same six months later, but you're both growing in it. Because a lot of these businesses, you probably will be the first or second person they've hired in this position. And you've really got to learn and, and start speaking up after a while of like, this is what will work and this is what won't work to make the partnership and your clients happy, but also yourself happy. Like I'm still a I mean, it's Sunday like that. We're, I don't know if you let people know that, but I mean, like, you know, I work on the weekends. I love working on weekends. I work seven days a week. I love what I do, but I'm not burnt out because I've learned a lot of how to take care of myself through working with him by seeing him take care of himself, him saying no to certain things. I've been able to say no to certain things. I've been able like Friday, I went and hung out with a coworker to work and I just sat in my room all day and worked. So it's it's kind of like it's always developing, but never, I've never worked for anyone, him included, that the job has looked the same after a month or two. It's always growing and developing. So I think that's what I love about what I do too. It's never set in stone. That's brilliant. It's nice how those habits have rubbed up on you. Because I was going to go on to like, on the show, you recently did Kobe Bryant, which was a great episode. Yeah. Um, you've had people like Novak Djokovic. You've had Maria Sharapova. He's interviewed Tony Robbins. You've had... Uh, can't think of all the other people so many different Lots people. Of people so many people <laughs> and um hundreds. do you think by meeting these people in person listening to them has that had an influence on you being around that all the day every day almost negative and positive when i first started right. i compared myself to them and you're talking about people who are millionaires billionaires sitting across you know the room as you me. say the, the top one percent you guys top are going 1%, for aren't you? like yeah i can't think of a person we've had on who this makes less than six figures and success isn't just money you know they're either mm. super influential or they've just they make a huge impact on the world and so the first few interviews like i started before he hit episode 300 and right now we're over 700 so i've been around for 400 episodes the first few i um I really was thinking I can't do what they're doing. Like there was something about sitting across from them and hearing their stories, just thinking like, and comparing myself. It's like being on Instagram. It's just like, man, they're so epic. They're so awesome. Like, I can't do that. Like, shoot. Um, they have how many followers? Right, like, geez, man. And then after a while it turned into, um, wow, 
I'm in this, no one else gets to be in this room. Very few people get to be here. And it's only me, Lewis, and our podcast producer at the time, uh, Christine, who's in this room. And I started to really acknowledge how awesome I am. <laughs> and like, and not such an egotistical cocky way, but just like a, wow, I deserve to be sitting here and filming these episodes. And then um, if you've listened to Lewis's podcast, like, the themes start to repeat. You start to hear people talking about waking up in the morning, eating certain things, um, having a team. Like all of a sudden I was like, wow, like I'm 100, 150 episodes in and they're all saying the same thing in a different way. Their stories are different, but they have a, there's a very like streamlined thing of what all these people do. And for me, 20% of it was learning it. And I'm finally two and a half years later actually practicing it. When it comes to waking up early, eating better, like I've always ate better because Lewis eats better. So if I travel with him, we're always eating like I've never eaten fast food with him because he doesn't eat fast food. So automatically I was already eating better and doing certain things like that just from being around him. But now, like after being in this place of hearing all these people talk, now I'm actually starting to implement a lot of these themes that I've learned. And it's making all the difference for me personally, in addition to, you know, just making my career and I think just working with me as a person a lot better for anyone who else who works with me. So to answer your question, like, yes, like I picked up a lot of the eating right, a lot of the waking up early, just what it takes to be successful. But I've also had to get out of the comparison mode and trying to be like anybody who was sitting in front of me, especially Lewis. I had to get away from trying to be Lewis, you know, or trying to be him. And because I, I feel like I've taken on a lot of his personality traits but I definitely get to be Tiff Tyler and 100% me and still give him everything that he needs give these these interviews everything they need but I can exist in the same space and that took me a a long time to learn that's really good to know because it's I think we're all guilty of it we compare ourselves to the very best don't we because we because if you're an ambitious person you look at what other people are doing especially if they're the same age or younger than you in this social media age you're like it's not good is it to beat yourself up over that because I think what I've learned is that everyone's on their own journey and path and everyone achieves different things at different times and just keep your head down keep doing what you're doing and it takes practice like I went Lewis actually I don't know if you've how have you listened to uh his podcast for a long time for probably the past year I'd say So five years ago, he admitted that he was sexually abused on the podcast. And that was one of his... Yeah, I'm aware, I'm aware, obviously, of all that. So he took some emotional intelligence classes, almost like, like, kind of like group therapy classes. And I ended up going and taking the same classes that he took. And it was a huge shift for me. That's where the comparison stopped, the jealousy stopped with a lot of these people that were in front of me and with him. Like, I mean, who doesn't work for someone like him and be jealous and want everything (laughs) that they have, you know? Um, But after I did a lot of internal work and realized my power and who I am and also where any of those things came from, those negative thoughts came from, like, it made such a big difference for me. So I really appreciate working with him just to be exposed to that kind of emotional intelligence that I never would have coming from a book or probably working for other people. Um... Yeah, so that made a huge difference. And now, like, I still compare. I'm human. Like, I I have not stopped comparing myself, but I can catch myself. I can stop myself when I start going down these weird feelings of feeling down or feeling like I'm not good enough. I can catch myself and reverse it. 
you know, it's just this practice of being present, of being with myself, being in the moment and also not stuffing feelings. Like if I feel sad, I'll let myself feel sad, you know, until it doesn't need to happen anymore. And then I get to move on. But I definitely don't always try to be happy. I just try to identify. I think that's the most important thing. Identify why I'm feeling this way, where is it coming from, and then how can I move on? But that takes so much practice and I'm still working through and I still kind of want to take some more classes to keep learning how to do that. You can certainly tell you've been hanging out with the right people because not enough people think this way, do they? Um, No, I mean, I just wanted to revert back um, as like a filmmaker in this social media world. How key is it, do you think, well, without comparing with this it's a tricky one to word without comparing yourself to the all these ones with great followings and wanting to be too what's the word like peacocking which you kind of have to be with what you do you want to promote your work you want to be able to get work through social media right what are your thoughts on using it as a tool these days so for me i've always kind of i've done it in the opposite way like if someone's like oh you know if i ever need to like justify in a sense or a way <laughs> of what i do or my following i'll always point to lewis or other people's accounts that i work for because every usually the people who i work for have a huge following i still don't i've only recently actually started engaging in my instagram again and uh, I made like a splash page for my website, um, Twitter and Facebook, no, but Instagram, definitely that started like actually being active again. And that kind of went back to the, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be posting these things. I shouldn't, like, I really felt like if I start to brag or tell people what I do, then um, one, I'll come up as braggy and two, that, uh, yeah. Yeah. right, That's like, you know. I definitely like was afraid of that, but also I was afraid of Lewis being upset. I think when people work for clients, he wasn't upset, but I was afraid of him being upset. So when you work for clients in social media, I think it's really tough because um, in my head, I was thinking if I promote myself as being in that room, will he think that I'm trying to get work from somebody else? Will he think that I'm trying to leave him or leave what we're doing by posting that I was doing all this stuff? But that was completely my own conversation. Because he never told me I couldn't post. I just never did. Like, you're talking about two over two and a half years of hundreds of interviews, and only recently has anyone even seen what I've done. Um, so I had that was a big move for me to be like, I deserve to post it. I'm not being out of integrity. Because some people, I think, when they work for other people, they really are doing that. They're posting and trying to get other jobs, and your client doesn't feel good when they think you're using them to kind of get more stuff. But from a filmmaker standpoint, from a freelancer standpoint, I think the best way you can win, create a win-win situation, if you're working for other people and you want to promote things, always tell your side of the story. So like when I post about Kobe Bryant, I talk about what it was like to be in that room on the other side of the camera. I don't talk about like, you know, oh, I just interviewed Kobe and like I never mentioned Lewis's name or, or try to put a photo where Lewis isn't in it. Like most of my photos, either Lewis is in it or I tag him in the um, in the description and I'll talk about my perspective. Like when I met Chase Jarvis, I mean, it was full circle for me to meet the man who introduced me to this world. And I told that whole story uh, of what it was like to meet Chase Jarvis. And that wasn't super promoting, but it was. You right, it worked two ways. Like you now know that I interviewed Chase Jarvis, but you also know my side, and you know that it was a part of the School of Greatness podcast. So it's kind of a long answer to what you're saying, but ultimately, I think if you're working for a client continuously, 
you want to post in a certain way that always promotes that you're doing things, but you're also not taking away from the fact that you work for them. And if you want to get yourself seen and known, you can. You can, like, no matter what I say, you always want to post once a day. I'm not super great at it, but um, you need to use social media. You need to use Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you really like to let people know what you're doing. Because when I did my first podcast interview a few months back, I got so much uh potential work. I didn't take all these clients because I had no time for it, but they were, it it was one podcast and it's not even really a huge podcast. I love being on there, but it was my first interview and people went crazy because they, it was this social proof that I had some sort of authority by being on an interview. So when we finish this interview, like absolutely, I'm going to promote that I was on this interview and it's going to make me look great. And I need to say it because if I hide this or if I don't say it enough, then you you just won't get work. I think it's really, really hard to get work if you're not posting on social media. It's just, it, it's, it's now like a necessary thing. But I say pick something that you like. If you don't like Facebook, you don't have to be on Facebook. I think if you really love Instagram, stick to Instagram and get really good at it. If you really love Twitter, stick to Twitter and get good at it. You don't ha- being, if you're working for yourself and you're your only person, don't get on four social media accounts to try to be great at all four. Pick one or two and really dominate because most likely you're going to find the people who you want to be working for on those accounts. No, definitely. We interviewed um, Casey Locke, who's a Manchester-based music video director, and he grew his account to over 10,000 just on Instagram. Oh, amazing. He had no reel when he lost his, uh, he left his job rather, and purely through, through Instagram, he grew his account to that such a level and his imagery was so well done his instagram looks so slick that music labels came to him and he got opportunities direct with some big artists and he's been out to places like la directed with aluna george and really cool stuff yeah i definitely Um, caught on the boat late but like i said that had to do with me it was more so like afraid to show people and like you said when we first start we think our work isn't that great anyway sometimes to show and to post and i'm like Post it because most likely someone's looking for somebody with a camera who's at least been working on something, who has way more experience than they do and they want to hire you. So definitely be on social. Don't kill yourself over it. And, you know, I'm just starting on mine, but I feel like I'm going to start getting the hang of it and get to a few thousand pretty soon. Cool. No, we appreciate when this interview's done. It's nice to share stories, isn't it? Because part of mine and Cal's reasoning for doing this, we listen to loads of podcasts and we love learning and it's nice to learn from people like yourself. It's nice to network as well. So it's just about expanding your knowledge and expanding your network. And hopefully other people will take good stuff from it. And so far there's been some awesome, some awesome advice. Right. And um, it's your body of work. Like I know I'm, I'm kind of, you guys are new at this, but if you've, I think Pamela, I can't remember her last name, but she has a book called body of work. You'll be shocked, like just posting on your Instagram that you're doing something every day. People are more impressed with that than that one major interview that you decided was good enough to post. Like if I just posted about Kobe, yes, I mean, I I had a lot of cool stuff after posting Kobe. Yes. like (laughs) You know Kobe Bryant? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even Kobe Bryant. But like now people, it's just when you have those bigger ones, it's meant to get people to your account to see the rest of it. So now if, if I only had Kobe Bryant, this one or two images of Kobe Bryant on my Instagram and you see nothing else, there's no reason for you to follow me. But if that's no. how you drove, got dr- driven into my account and then you can scroll down and see Damon John, you can see uh, Russell Simmons, you can see all the other cool people I've interviewed, then that makes you want to stay on because you want to see who's next. 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'd be like, so, oh, who's this Tiff Tyler lady? Who are you? What, what in she? the world? Yeah. Like, where is she? So yeah. don't just wait until it's you think it's epic enough. Share your body of work. Share it. If it looks great, if it doesn't look so great, but it's something that you did, and people can, can go back and see your growth. Like, how you saw Hollywood to Hollywood, my 10-part mm-hmm. series from Hollywood, Florida to Hollywood, California. Like, that's something, if I ever took down, like, it, I would feel so... It would be me trying to save like my image or something or like, oh, you know, it was back when I really couldn't edit as well. But it's like that's my story. And I want people to find that it's, I don't I don't really post on my YouTube anymore, but it's cool for anyone to be able to go back and see that. I think it's, it's, it's see the journey, how you've progressed, isn't the it? Journey. It's nice and how get. smart was I? Like, I still think like because I, you know, I've started a lot of personal projects and haven't finished it. But so happy that I made that because I'll always be able to see the day that I moved here. Like, to film the day that I moved here, I think, was just, I'm so glad I didn't stop myself and get in my head because I've done it a lot. You know, you know, it's not going to look good enough. What are people going to think? I'm, I am for, I'm forever grateful that I have the day that I moved here because it's only the beginning of, like, who I think I have become and will become. You know what I mean? Like, moving to L.A. was really, like, the start of a new life for me. Definitely. It's great to look back on. Um, you touched on this before. Um, you've obviously partnered up with Lewis when we interviewed Paul Brazil he has that partnership with Jay Shetty mm-hmm. filmmakers videographers creators photographers partnering partnering up now with influencers musicians entrepreneurs what are your thoughts on that these days is do you think it's a really viable way just to make you, some creators can just make a living through doing this I mean, I have. I mean, I'm grateful for four years. I've never had another job. And I know that's not the case for a lot of creators. I know like um, like D-Rock recently shared that he like had to work at Starbucks and a lot of different places and everything before he was able to get to it full time with Gary Vee. Um, and I love D-Rock. Like he was nice enough to sit down and have coffee with me and stuff and talk about it. When I first started, and I was freaking out because I couldn't handle my job. Um, he's a great person. Uh, but I think I, I honestly don't know any other way. Like I'm still young enough where all I've done is work for free for entrepreneurs, influencers and small businesses. I've never really had. I mean, the WNBA sounds big, but it's still a small business because mm-hmm. the NBA is is a lot bigger and has a lot of franchises. But the WNBA is still kind of working on getting their audience and getting a lot of people there. And I love the game. I mean, I played basketball in high school. It was on my vision board at 16 to play for the WNBA, so to end up working for them uh, at 24 was just insane. It works its way, doesn't it? Somehow, somehow it happened. It happened somehow. And the fact that my mom made, had us made do vision boards, I just think she's just the most amazing person. But anyway, <laughs> um, back to your question. I don't know any other way. I, I got on set when I first got here um, to Los Angeles, and I loved the way it looked, but I didn't. Abs- I didn't love... I had a, I struggled with some of the people behind the scenes who had dreams that they couldn't follow because they were in the union or because they had to work for the film industry. So my intention of moving to Los Angeles was to work to be in the film industry. And when I first got on set, I tell you, it looked like a ballet. I, it's the only way I could describe it. It was just so beautiful. When the director said cut, all these people moved off and all these people moved on and they had their spots and their positions and they knew what to do. When he yelled action, it was the opposite. Now the actors are on and they knew what to do and people knew where to fall back. It was so beautiful to me. It was almost like a dream. But then as I started, I was there for two weeks and I was on set and I was talking to people and I'm listening to all these people who still 
had their screenplay that they never got to shoot or they still had these dreams of, of making their own content, but they never got that chance. It felt like if I stuck to that, I would be a nine to fiver on set, but not nine to five. It would be nine to 10 or nine to, they worked 14 hour days. Um, yep. But it wasn't, it didn't seem like, it seemed like the, the equivalent to being at a desk job to me. So I've only known working for entrepreneurs, working for social media influencers. And I think right now the good thing about it is that you can make more because when mm-hmm. I first started, not with Lewis, but with other people and, you know, kind of, you know, I said those 50 bucks a day or whatever, people didn't understand the value of video. And now people are getting it like they're understanding that, you know, this person person is worth a couple thousand, not a couple hundred because of the views and everything that I can get on my Instagram, on my social media, whatever, to then get the customer and make the sale. So I think it's only going to get better. But us as filmmakers and videographers need to own our worth and make sure that we're not working for super minimal wages after be after doing it for over five years. If you're just starting out, yes. But if it's been five years and you've actually been able to get people to see thousands and thousands of views, you've got to up your rate. You cannot be the same because it's not just about you making money. It's about the person behind you who also needs to make a fair wage for the skills that we have that not everyone in the world does. Definitely. I mean, as well, I think it's important to partner up with We'll seek out people who that resonate with you, like with yourself. Something within you has drawn you to entrepreneurial type characters. Um, do you feel that's been the case? That there's something that's drawn you towards those people, like with your own interests? Because some people, it might be a certain type of, like it might be country music stars up and or coming. Or fashion. There are so yeah. many jobs in fashion right now. Every time, so. I'm the kind of person where I'll probably never stop like working for Lewis House, but I always want to know what jobs are happening. <laughs> like I'm always just like, oh, what's you know, who's hiring? There are so many jobs in fashion right now. If you're into fashion, like this is the time to be applying for those kinds of gigs. So there's a lot of people. Um, I'm definitely drawn to inspiration, motivation, self improvement, business. Um, but I think I'm mostly drawn to it because I didn't grow up with the knowledge of it. So it's not just a place that draws me because it's cool. It's a place that draws me because I'm always learning in it. It's something new that like, like personal finance, like to be a freelancer and need to pay your own taxes and have your own health care and like no idea that this was a thing, but I'm in a kind of place where I'm meeting Ramit Sethi and, you know, all these people who, you know, people who know about it, I'm continuously learning from them. Um, and Lewis, like Lewis was broke. He you knows the story of him being on his sister's couch. And he's now, you know, 10 years later, eight years later, being able to hire people and, you know, making millions and whatnot. Like, I think I'm, I like the space because um, I'm interested in it, but I'm interested in it because I did, I never knew, knew it before. I never knew about this. My parents are, have always been employees. Um, a lot of people in my family have always been employees. So I'm really kind of one of the only people who I grew up knowing, who's, who is a freelancer or entrepreneur working for themselves. So I think it's important to not just find something that you like, but find something you can grow in. Because I've met a lot of people who started out in music videos and they hate it because um, they're even tough. though music They're, was, they're long days. They're, 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 it's, it's long days. World. And if, you don't, if you're not learning something new or if you're not doing something that's sort of also in addition to making your art, you can get and really And it's hard bored. to make money. A lot of upcoming musicians, they don't have the funds to make your vision. Like, some I people don't. 
I still yeah. argue that some people do. We just don't ask yeah. for enough. I think that's <laughs> one of the things that like moving forward in my career, I really, if I have a panel or if I have some kind of discussion, I really want to talk about money because there's a lot, of, we won't talk about it. It's still super taboo to talk about um, how much you should earn and different things because our industry is still new. Like I feel like myself, D-Rock, Paul, um, uh, uh, a lot of people that I've met, their names are blinking, but I've met like Ty Lopez's people. Like we're writing the book on what it's like to work for entrepreneurs and freelancers. So there's yeah, nothing a, to refer to. Yeah. There's really nothing to be like, oh, well, Tiff did it this way. So I'm going to go, you have no, you don't have that information from me. So we're, because we're still writing the script, it's hard to be like, you should be making this much money, that much money. Cause we're all kind of at different levels in different places. But I do think that if you stick to it, you can be making a pretty good salary for what we do. It just takes time. There's a book to There's a little book idea, isn't there, in its own or its own little podcast? You know, podcast. I mean, if someone takes it and does yeah. it, great. And D-Rock, if you, if, D-Rock if you ever listen to this, we want you on the show, man. I'm trying to get him on. <laughs> yeah, you know, that would be awesome. I think he's great. He's yeah, definitely I've, I've emailed awesome. him a few times and he's always been kind enough to get back to me. So hopefully I get to meet him in person one day. Um, now you touched on it again, touched on this before about when you went through this burnout period. Um, I listened to a really good podcast called, it was called Fitness in Post, but it's now called Optimize Yourself, where an editor, a guy called Zach Arnold, he talks about um, just avoiding things like that, how to stay healthy as an editor, getting good sleep, getting good exercise, because he went through a period where he was falling asleep at the wheel, working 12, 14 hour days. His health really suffered and he had a family as well. So how can we wear a game where it's an age where it's all about the hustle and the grind and, you know, wake up early, go to bed late. But we need to look after ourselves as well. We need to get enough sleep in order to stay creative because I find when I'm editing, I need regular breaks because my mind, you're just staring at the screen sometimes. You just can't. Yeah, it's not something... And I think, like I said, like kind of earlier, it's something, it's a conversation also that you need to be communicating to the person who you're working with or working for that, um, cause there's some people, man, there's some people who four hours, they're burnt. Like if I'm creating for four, like to me, that's the max that I'll try to edit a day. I try not to edit more than four hours. But when you're hired by somebody who looks at D-Rock from the external, I keep saying D-Rock because I think he's one of the most known out of this industry. Like they'll look at him, they'll be like, but he's shooting and editing all the time. So I'm going to hire my D-Rock who's going to be, but I'm like, D-Rock has a bunch of people who work with him now. There is, it's not just him anymore. And that's why I try to emphasize to people that that first year was just me. Yes, it was terrible. And now that there's a team, like, I can sleep eight hours. I don't sleep eight hours. I try to, but I can if I wanted to. Um, I think kudos to people who have a family because I still don't know what that's like to have a family and work in this industry. I think that's a whole other hustle. But if you're single-ish and uh, don't have kids (laughs) and everything, um, then I would say that uh, setting boundaries with whoever you're working with is important. And letting them know that if you're not sleeping, if you're like, hey, I really want to get this job done, but I'm only getting three hours a night, tell them. Say it out loud. You're not going to get fired. Like, I mean, you can call me up, call me and tell me if you get fired because I doubt it. You won't. You'll. It's, it's tough because we want to do so much. We want to hustle in this entrepreneur lifestyle. We think that that's what we need to do. But um, 
no, I think communication is going to be the number one way to solve that. Because once you start setting those boundaries, like, like, let, you know, if someone texts you at two o'clock in the morning for an edit and you don't get to it till 8 a.m., you're not going to get fired. Like, you've got to let yourself sleep at night and then you'll start to build stuff. So I started off with that. I was like, how many hours of sleep can I get? And then I started waking up at 5 a.m. and I run every morning. Um, I took the last two weeks off because of some of greatness, but uh, I run every morning and I eat better because I'm always focused on my run. Like I'm like, if I eat like crap, I won't be able to actually get up and run. Um, but that, that's, that's the two things I can say is, uh, communicate with the person that you're working with and start with sleep, start with how many hours of sleep you can get each night and then build on top of that, build on, build on top of that to add an exercise routine or to add, um, just one meal of a healthy thing. I think for me, diets and stuff don't work. I don't like diets. All I do is like, like you said, like I've been sitting in hundreds of these interviews. Like I understand that you're not supposed to have as much sugar. I understand you need to drink water all day. Like, you know what I mean? So I'll just kind of, I'll do my best to listen to my body and stuff, but I won't follow a certain regimen. Um, I just, I kind of go with, with what works for me. I don't really like diets. That doesn't, it doesn't serve me to be thinking about that all the time. It doesn't make no, me it's just, it's just everything. You know what's good. Everyone knows what's good. Everyone knows what's For bad. For the so most part, do you works. do. Yeah. And then you might just, and then if you don't, that's the kind of networking events I'd go to. Go to fitness. Like, if you're like, yeah. I'm really interested in, 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 um, food and stuff but i don't know go work for someone who does i say whatever industry you're super curious about see if you can shoot a a video for them because then you're not only you're not only shooting and getting paid but you're also learning at the same time and i think that's where i'm really fortunate but very grateful that i'm in a spot of always learning don't stick to something you know stick to something that's challenging and like lewis house is the kind of person where I, i don't shoot the same video twice that often um so we're always trying something new uh so always always keep that in in the back of your mind what's something new or something different i can do that i can learn for my own personal growth we had ariana huffington on and she talks about falling asleep at her desk and getting like almost a concussion because she wasn't sleeping you know but she was the before that she was the person to be like you gotta get up you got you gotta work all day never sleep yada yada and then she almost died and she was like oh no like you can't she's a big proponent of um sleep now isn't she huge huge there's a there's an awesome article funnily enough on chase's blog i don't think it was chase who wrote it but it's called i've got it as a bookmark so for anyone listening do less equals do more the art of being creative and productive and in this article um so if you google that on chase jarvis's blog this guy breaks down how he kind of comes up with a nice daily schedule where he can he keeps it quite chilled when he's working from home has a nice two hour lunch, but because he breaks it down in short, sharp bursts where he knows he works best, he's he's productive, but at the same time, he just, he enjoys his day. He doesn't burn himself out. He's not killing himself over it as well. I I would say a note on top of that, because I don't want to be a a hypocrite in my sort of sense. There will be days. There are still days. Like Summit of Greatness was insane. I was working like 14 hour days, but it wasn't three weeks in a row. You know what I mean? It wasn't three months in a row. So there will be days that I need to stay up because whatever, either I procrastinated, I couldn't get into the editing flow or something happened where I do need to like, but it's when it, when it starts to be a consistent thing, when it starts to be something that you're doing for a long period of time, that's when it gets dangerous because in this kind of lifestyle, yes, like I can't say that I get eight hours of sleep every night and like 
I'm always this refreshed, like beautiful butterfly every time I wake up. Like it takes work for me to set those boundaries, but there will be days that you, you need to, you just don't want to make it a, a, a part of your lifestyle to not sleep well, to not eat well, because then you'll be that person who's like 200 pounds sitting at your, de- your editing desk, wishing, wishing that you didn't do the job. Like the big, you don't want to regret your line of work because you put yourself in a position to, to, um, to hate it because you're not taking care of yourself. And if you're working with someone, I'll be completely honest. If you're working with someone who you communicate that and you say that you're not sleeping and they don't care, you don't need to be in that job because no, you, they, they, you don't want to work with that person. No. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to know that. And like, I think we get, des- I got really desperate many times wanting to work with people. And then I started working with them. It's just like, this person is either really unorganized or mm. they take three, four five weeks to pay me. Like, you know, there's just, some, there's just, oh, you're not, not everyone is going to be great. And it's okay. I think I've failed at being a filmmaker, videographer, creator, storyteller more than I've succeeded. Like the, the, it's great to see Kobe and it's great to see all these great people I've interviewed and everything, but I have failed working for industry people who probably could have made or broke my career. I'm sure my career isn't broken, but you know, I've messed up plenty of times with plenty of people by not communicating and also by letting them take advantage of me thinking that, well, that's, if they've got more money, so they're more important than me. They're the ones paying for me to eat. So it, whatever they say goes. And I think like, I needed to learn those lessons to know that I'm worth every dollar that I make and nobody is worth more than um, my own health and uh, my own sanity. No job is worth that. Yeah, a close family friend used to say, always just know your value because we've put a lot of time as well as m- you can say money through equipment, through college fees. We've built ourselves up to be knowledgeable and good at what we do. So value yourself um, so final little thing is I want to do some quick fire questions just to close yeah. this off I'm a long so far person. it's okay. been amazing uh, so thank you for your time but no you're only 27 now but what advice would you give to that maybe not 21 but so maybe 18 or a little bit younger knowing what you know now to a person who's 18 or to you to yourself to myself save up your money a lot sooner that's what I'd say to myself um, and probably to anybody else. I'd say like savings. It sounds uh, you, you save your money as much as you can. I think I felt very bulletproof thinking I didn't need to. But um, now I'm getting better at saving money. But saving money is really important. Definitely. What are TIFF's future goals and ambitions? Future goals and ambitions. I definitely want to shoot a documentary. I think that's just I love documentaries. I love real life. I love human connection and spreading love and joy. So a documentary, I don't know on what topic yet, but I know that that's, that's a big goal I have in my mind that um, feels hard to achieve, so I know that I'm going to do it. Uh, and uh, yeah, but definitely a, a full-length 90-minute documentary is, is what the next big thing for me would be. I look forward to that. What do you like to do when you're not working? How do you take a break and what do you enjoy? When I saw this, I was just like, shoot, I don't know how to answer that. Um, when I'm not working, I'm working a lot. Um, I just like to hang out with people. I'm not so much of a party person or like a group hangout person. I'm a one-on-one person. So I'll hang out with my cousin who still lives out here or I'll hang out with a couple of coworkers, but in a non-work setting. I really love one-on-one conversations with people and I love talking about deep stuff and not just... Just like this. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. I, I don't like 
how was your day? How was work? Like, I'm like, so what are you feeling right now? <laughs> what are the oranges in the universe? What do you think? Where did we what come from? What do you think our real purpose in life is? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't like that, like, oh my gosh, don't There's something even wrong talk with you. to me. Yeah. I love thinking about that sort of stuff. <laughs> like, wow, how did they build the pyramids? Yeah, <laughs> like, how exactly? I mean, I'm so all over the place, but that's, that's what I, I like one-on-one conversations in, in different settings if I'm not working. Awesome. I mean... Uh, final one you touched on the alchemist you're into personal development are there any books films other content that that inspires you that you really like to consume that you can recommend to other people i mean definitely the alchemist please read the alchemist and more than once um it'd be kind of strange to say this i don't know depending on the audience but I just started reading Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil and it is fascinating to me not just the the um the book itself but the fact that the book was hidden because people were afraid of his ideas i think for someone to be censored and to have their books like banned is so interesting so now that it's out and i can read it i think that's really cool but i would say overall whoever you look up to i would look up to someone who's deceased before i would look up to someone who's still living right now like i love lewis house i love gary v i love all these cool people but they're still here. They're still learning. But people like Maya Angelou, people who have already lived their entire lives, who have already left a legacy, that's the kind of people in books and bios. Steve Jobs, like the fact that Steve Jobs, and Lewis says this a lot, Steve Jobs says that he wished he would have taken care of his health because he would give up all of his money if he could have another day on this planet. Like, you know what I mean? Like knowing that he was going to be dying soon when he got sick. So that's real advice, isn't it? That's real advice. That's yeah. real. I would say because you never know, like, you know, these people who are killing themselves and stuff, you think their lives are perfect. You know, who can imagine? Like if you're a huge fan of someone and they kill themselves, like, what does that mean? You know, what how I mean? many? It's, it's horrible how many celebrities that you, people have admired over the years just in the past year. Um, it's been not nice. So it goes to show we're all human. Everyone's got things going on and you've got to surround yourself with the right things haven't you so. you do and just don't I, that, that's my only like if you got nothing else from this interview study people who have already lived their lives the people who are still living you can take tips and tricks for them but study those who, who have already been here and gone because that's where you're going to get the best lessons you don't know you don't know how I'm even going to be <laughs> in 10 years. You have no idea what's going to happen to me. So, uh, yeah, I love telling that to people. I don't hear that as much. <sighs> Amazing. On that note, that was incredible. Thanks very much for that. Quickly, where can people learn more about where can people follow you? Best place. Tiff, T-I-F-F, Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, film, F-I-L-M, at uh, uh, kind of everywhere on Instagram, on Twitter too, but really Instagram. I'm barely on on Twitter and Facebook right now. Who knows 10 years from now. But Instagram is where I started to really uh, post things. I'll post behind the scenes of when I'm on set with Lewis um, or when I'm on set with other interviews and everything. And just I'm doing my best to answer as many questions as I can like this for other filmmakers and other photographers or people who are just freelancing. So don't be afraid to DM me on Instagram. I really want to continuously spread the knowledge that I have because my career is only five years old. It's an infant. But um, I feel like I've learned a lot uh, just in this high-paced, fast-paced world. So Instagram is where you can find me. Tip Tyler Film, definitely. Amazing. No, it really has been insightful. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, 
Uh, this podcast is still young, so all reviews, all shares on iTunes are really helpful. And share it to anyone who else you think will find it useful. And see you on the next one. Thanks again, Tiff. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.